The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! And I just, you know, I banged down doors until people would hire me. And I just, I had this sort of like hustle hustle mentality where I just would not take no for an answer and, you know, really never gave up in those moments where you you think like, I'm going to give up now. You know, like this is too hard to get through. And, and, you know, I think that's the difference. I think it's like the people who don't give up. Back in studio with Maeve Riley. She is sharing all the things, you guys. She is one of the top stylists in the world. She works with Hailey Bieber, Megan Fox, Sierra, the D'Amelio sisters, Crazy, and Lala Anthony. And let me tell you, I saw her in person. She has some real great personal style. I mean, she shares all the tips in this episode, but we also talk about her journey with sobriety. She's been 16 years sober. We, of course, go into styling, all the things styling. She talks about how to be a celebrity stylist, entrepreneurship, and even gives us styling tips. So this episode is filled with all the gems. What I love about stories like this, because you'd think, okay, what's this guy doing here on a style episode? What I like is that, and what we've discovered over over the years doing this show, is that if you have a passion for something in this day and age with technology, with the internet, with all the tools that we have at our disposal, you can really make a career out of anything that you're passionate about as long as you work hard, hustle, you know, find that angle. And Maeve definitely does that, obviously, here working with some of the biggest names in entertainment. You can also tell throughout this episode, and I've read other interviews on her, that it's more about the clothes for her. She's very, very passionate about what she does. And I think she has a great message. You guys are going to love this episode. Everyone was freaking out over DMs when they saw her on Instagram story. So with that, let's meet Maeve Riley. She is the force behind her own clothing label, The Local Love Club. She also, like I said, styles Hailey Bieber, Kiara, Megan Fox, and Lala Anthony. With that, let's welcome her to The Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is The Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay, you have to tell me, you were talking about your hack for the phone. I'm feeling like I need to change my number. Can you tell us about this hack? Oh, I don't, it's not a hack. I just, listen, I have an amazing, amazing team. I I have two, two incredible, you know, people who work for me. And so the interns report to them. I, you know, I, I feel so much, so many people and so much energy all day long between clients, their publicists, their managers, my assistants, brands asking for stuff. So the last thing I need is an intern asking me how to get to the Pacific Design Center, you know? That makes total sense. So you have you have people on your team who help build the interns up so totally. you can be effective with your energy. Have to. Yeah, that's very smart. Thank I, you. I got to take a tip. Do I you think, not do that? No, I'm all, I'm constantly <laughs> on tech. I think I have 600 text messages right now. No. That's a very good tip. I, I just, I have to protect my energy to be the best version of myself for other, for my clients. You know what I mean? And for the brand that I'm building or even just in my relationships with friends, like it's just, it gets really overwhelming, you know, and I'm really sensitive to energy. So I always have wondered this, and this is such a random question, but how do you deal when you're working with such gnarly celebrities mm-hmm. and there is an intern or an assistant that's, oversteps. And you do you know I know you know exactly what I mean. 
I totally do. I have been really lucky, truthfully, to have amazing, amazing people who've worked for me over the years where I honestly don't have a ton of those stories. I have one nightmare assistant story that I like legally can't talk about. (laughs) You know, yeah, you really learn as you grow businesses, curveballs happen, you know, and unexpected lawsuits may happen. Like, you know, shit like you're just like, whoa. This is real grown-up stuff I, I wasn't expecting. It's, on, it's not all fun and games. It's not. It's not all fun. People have no idea, and a lot of that stuff I've, I've never talked about. I'll, I'll write a book one day, and I'll, tell, I'll do a tell-all of the things that have happened to me along the last 16 years. I've been sued by people. You know, it's like, well, it didn't actually, nothing actually happened, but they, you know. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, it actually didn't go through. Me too. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I want to get a background on you. I know you've been interviewed probably so many times on what you do for a living, and we're going to get to that. But first, I want to go back to your childhood, how you okay. got into this. Have you always been attracted to fabrics? You're obviously very stylish. Is this Thanks. something that that you just came out of the womb being stylish? <laughs> um, so I grew up in New York. I feel like my mom had great taste. So did her sisters. And I definitely knew I wanted to be in fashion. I didn't know to what capacity. And when I started, you know, this was pre-Rachel Zoe. This was pre-Instagram. You know, there was no so there was no social media and styling was not known. You know, it was not what it is today. And it's, it certainly wasn't, you know, to be considered an influencer today. None of this was happening at the time. But I went to FIT. I knew I wanted to be in fashion. I couldn't draw. I couldn't sew. But I had a lot of ideas. And I just I remember thinking if I could just tell someone exactly what I want, I could make the most amazing stuff, but I didn't. And then, of course, that's essentially what a stylist is. You sound like <laughs> me. If I could just tell someone everything that's in my brain and have it made. Yeah. That's not, that's not how it works, right? Like, you have to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, but it is sort of like what a stylist is. You know, it's like I have this idea and then I have the opportunity to go out into the world and grab stuff from everywhere and put my idea into, you know, into an outfit. So I went and I got a business degree. I went to FIT as a high school student. I went there every Saturday. And then in the summer, I took six weeks of courses. Like, and I was a really problematic child. Like I was such a bad kid, but I- In, in what kind of way? Like uh, oh, acting I was, out at school or- Yeah, acting out, never went to school. I've, I've just recently like sort of broken my anonymity. I have 16 years of sobriety. And so I got sober when I was 17. And so pre-17 was pretty dark and wild. Sober yeah. off? Drugs and alcohol, yeah. Like how how wild? Gnarly. Near death. Near Cer- death. Certainly near death. Yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because my, my <laughs> sister's come on the podcast and she had the exact same okay. story as as you. She got yeah. sober when she was 17 and oh, amazing. it was r- a hair away from death. Yeah. Um, and Is I think she's still sober. She's still sober. God bless. Yay. Maybe I know her. <laughs> uh, maybe you know her. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've never talked about it. I never talked about it until I, 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 I'm launching this clothing line that we can talk about. And so much of the history of, of this clothing line sort of came from this. So I, I felt like there was no way to be authentic and not share it. I think when I started in this industry, you know, people want to party and people want to like live their lives the way they want to live them. And I really didn't want them to feel like that they couldn't do what they wanted to do in front of me. I never wanted anyone to feel like they needed to adjust their behavior because they were afraid I was unable to handle it. I I love my friends drinking. I've dated different dudes that drink. Part, you know, like I have no, no issue with it whatsoever. But with clients, I kept it to myself for a long time because they're partying and I just didn't want them to feel like they had to 
like I said, adjust their behavior for me. Or like feel uncomfortable around yeah, you as a client. Cause yeah, because I have no judgment. Like I, I have no judgment what people do. It's just my story and it's my experience. And the only way that I know is, you know, 100% abstinence. And so I recently sort of outed myself in this Vogue article, which was cool. And I'm, I really hope that people, you know, learn something from my story, I think. You know, I was bullied. Like this is where... I was bullied so bad as a kid from third grade all the way until my senior year of high school, essentially when I got sober. Why? I have no idea. Like, I, I, I ask myself that often. I have no idea. Just the target. Like, bullied by? Who, who were you bullied by? Like, mostly uh, females. It was mostly girls. And then it, I think as I got older, it, even the boys got on board. So there was just, like, no safety whatsoever. And, and how would that manifest itself? Was it like they would Ugh. say things or, like, actually physically beat you up? Like well, My husband well, hates bullies. It was both. Well, good. Me too. Yeah. I hate bullies. It was both. It was mostly verbal. And then as the internet started and it was, like, AIM and MySpace, it was the very early, early days of online bullying. And so I would deal with it all day at school, and then I would come home, turn the computer on, and <clears throat> it was just relentless. And, and it was, was it because of, like, the way you looked or because of someone you were dating or because of the way, like, was it older? Like I don't know. I really, I you know, and, and the amount of, you know, work I've done around this and so much of recovery is owning your part in things and not being a victim and not saying, like, I was the victim. I don't know why. I have looked at this so many times and truthfully, I have no idea. I don't think I had a part in it. I think it was just, you know, they just chose me and it just was my cross to bear at that time in my life. And But it's interesting because so much of, I think, what happens in that age really dictates the woman that you become. Man too, I'm sure. But yeah. it was bad. I think so much of our childhood dictates how we got. And <laughs> so you know what's funny I, is like, I, I'm somebody that I have difficulty looking into the past. I'm like a very, my cross of I look too far in the future, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. the idea is like, we all could get to a place where you're like living in the presence. Yeah. Some people look too far in the past. Some people look too far in the future. Yeah. I fall on the ladder. But I'm because, all sweating. I'm telling my story and I'm fucking well, taking Well, because my I shirt don't off. look so Take far in the past, like over the years, talking to people like yourself and doing so many of these, I'm like, oh, you really do have to go back and like analyze your mm -hmm. childhood and your thoughts from childhood and how you're like to really kind of understand the person you are now. Like, I think it's really important for people to do. I totally agree. Without dwelling. Without dwelling, but understanding that we, we are a product of our parents, A, and our environment. And in order to you know, grow, I think you need to confront it and heal it to be able to move forward. I share about the bullying because because I was in so much pain and I felt like I had nowhere to go. I really didn't have anywhere to go. You know, I turned to drugs and alcohol. So that was sort of my story. And thankfully, my family were incredibly overprotective and on top of it and, you know, put me in treatment when I was 17. It totally saved my life. You have siblings? Sure. I do. Mm -hmm. I have a younger sister. When you sister. say you had nowhere to go, you didn't feel like you could go to your parents or your siblings? Yes and no. I think that I put on this persona of like, I can handle it, like tough girl. I definitely turned into like the angry, angsty teen that at some point learned to fight back and physically would do so. And, I, and my parents wanted to, let me just be clear, they wanted to take me out of that school. And I was like, I can handle it. I can, you know, just as a kid, there's, I don't know if it's ego or if it's like the need to prove that you're okay. But like, I really wasn't okay. You know, in retrospect, I really wish they had removed me. 
I know moving forward, if I saw that happening to my child, you know, well, it I sounds would. like it got, it, it sounds like this is pretty serious bullying. It doesn't sound like, Hey, you got like picked on a little bit. It's not like if you're getting into physical fights and your parents are thinking about removing you and now it's retrospectively, like, I should what, what are they bullying you for? I, like I, what they're saying, like you, like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't care. It doesn't I think, matter. I'm going to guess that the reason they were bullying you is because you're so beautiful. I think I got cuter later. Truthfully. <laughs> I don't think it was that. I bet you that was it. My mom would agree with you, but I don't think that's true. I mean, the way you look, I can see like maybe you you being a target. I appreciate that, but I don't think I was always cute. I would love to know if there was a time that you tried drugs and alcohol where you had an epiphany where you're like, oh my God, this, I I love this. This makes me feel so much better. Or was it just like a slow build of addiction? No, it was definitely from the jump. I was like, oh, this is for me. Right away. Right away. Like, this is going to be, I, you know, again, like, tough girl. Like, I started getting tattooed when I was 14, 15 years old. You know, like, just anything to sort of be, like, the rebellious. I wore it like a badge of honor. Like, I was the tough girl. And and it took me so many years, you know, to unravel that. And like you're saying, like, looking back, I had to address it to be able to heal it and not be that person anymore. I think you know, my relationship with women was so, it was so hard from that, you know, to trust women. And so I separated myself, you know, I just constantly in my adult life pushed people away and that is no way to live. So when you went into recovery, mm-hmm. what was so amazing about it? Is it Was it like you just went and you felt like you were around like-minded people that were trying to get sober? Was it something that you were out of the bullying? What was, what was something where you were like, oh, now I'm going to get sober? What was that decision like? Well, the decision wasn't mine. As I said, my family put me in a treatment center and I was underage and had no, like it was either be here or be homeless, essentially. They, you know, put a boundary and said, like, this is... So something shifted for me in the course of that time where I realized that whatever was going on in the recovery world was definitely better than what I had going on. And I it just hit me like this is I got to try this, you know, because what I've got going is not good and it's very dark. I I don't want to live like this anymore. So I became willing, I guess, to change my life. (laughs) If there's someone listening that has a sibling, a brother, a sister, a, a kid that is using, that is, it's a problem, what do you recommend? Uh, you know what that sounds like, Michael? Uh, I don't know if that sounds <laughs> what you think it sounds like, but... <laughs> it's the sound I make after cracking open a June shine. That's not where I was going to guess, but okay. Specifically, the best flavor is the blood orange mint. You got to try the blood orange mint. I am telling you, it is at all my little gatherings. I had it the other day after a long day. I took it on a walk with Zaza while she was in the stroller. Yeah. And if you go one episode back, you can actually hear an episode that we just did with the June shine founders to get all the lowdown. But essentially, it is the best hard kombucha out there. We love it. June shine is known, Michael Bostic, as the champagne of kombucha. That's what I'm saying, Lauren. The best. You know that they use green tea and honey as opposed to black tea and sugar for a smoother, less acidic taste. I'm a huge fan of cracking one open, popping my silicone straw right in that hole and just enjoying it. (laughs) This is a very um, interesting read, Lauren, but keep going. You could also put it in a wine glass over ice with a little basil or mint. It's so bougie. It's amazing. It tastes delicious. It's 6% alcohol, which is pretty boozy, and it's made with real organic ingredients. And unlike other alcoholic beverages... 
They're transparent. They're transparent about every single ingredient that they put in their products. You should also know they donate 1% of all sales to environmental nonprofits and their brewery is powered by 100% renewable solar. So we've worked out an exclusive deal for all Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast listeners. They're delivering nationwide to your doorstep and you're going to receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best selling variety pack. Michael likes the Midnight Painkiller. I'm a huge fan of the Blood Orange Mint. You do you here. You're going to try them all and you're going to pick. You're going to go to juneshine.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash skinny. And this discount is only valid for their variety pack. Juneshine can also be found in over 10,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, and Publix. Cheers. Oh, it's so hard. You know, with family, I think it's about not enabling and not perpetuating it and setting boundaries, you know, and it's saying it's so hard not to enable. I know. My dad enabled my sister a yeah, lot during yeah. her drug and alcohol usage. And it's really hard. That's the hardest thing, I think. It is. And especially with parents, you know, they're looking at their child and they're, you know, like want to do anything to save them. But you know, I've lost a lot of friends. My best friend died in 2019 of a drug overdose. And he was one of the most incredible people I've ever known. And, and that's happened multiple times in the last 16 years. He's like incredibly bright lights. And I think there's this misconception that I can use one more time. It's not going to happen to me. And um, like this superhero complex, like it's okay if I, you know, go out one more time. Like I'll just come back. You know, I killed my friend. And, I, and again, I've seen it happen so many times. So now that you're you're in recovery, is it something that you still have to work on years later? Or is totally. It, you yes. still you still have to work on it. I do, yeah. Every single day? Not every day, but I have like a I have a spiritual practice every morning that I do. You have to tell us. If if okay. like whatever yeah. you can tell us of it. <laughs> I drink my coffee while I read these different like daily readers, daily reflections. I read like eight of them a day. I try and meditate. I'm not a great meditator. It, I go through years where I like really love it. And then other years where I'm just in, unable to like get there. But the reading part is I, I will not start my day without it. And I really, it just centers me and just sort of like takes me into my day with positive, you know, outlook and a way to approach life, you know, and life on life's terms and problems that might occur and just realizing like this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. You know, it's really about a change in perspective. And that's been really helpful to me. Was it difficult moving to Hollywood, which is like the capital of drugs and alcohol? No, there's so many sober people here. It's crazy. There is? Yeah, there's so many. Well, in, if you're in AA, I know you're not going around, obviously, talking about the community all the time. So it's, it, I guess, maybe the reason I think there's lots of drugs and alcohol is because I just... Well, there is, but there's also there certainly a lot of is. recovery. Yeah. There's yeah, both. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. of course. I mean, half of my, most of my friends are not sober and a lot of them are, but... My closest, closest friends are not sober, but I I don't know. I, it's funny. My mom used to, my parents would always ask this, like, how do you avoid it? And I just truthfully just never really was presented with like crazy partying friends or drugs in my face. I don't know. Maybe I was just being protected, but it's of no interest to me anyway. So I, I've, I'm not like worried about it. You know, I think that's cool. You wake up every single morning with no hangover. None. I love it. And I'm the most fun friend. Like all of my friends will tell you, like she is the most fun in the club. We just went to Vegas the other day. <laughs> and you can stay up in Vegas? Yeah, just Red Bull. 
Oh my yeah. God. You got to teach me how to do that. I'm in bed at eight. I mean, mostly I am too, but you know, a weekend in Vegas, you can you're get gonna, going to, yeah. yeah, I'll go. They pump that oxygen in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I forgot they pump oxygen in yeah. there. Yeah. I miss Vegas. I haven't been in, what has it been like a year? And you don't need to go to Vegas. You and Vegas is a lot for me to handle. <laughs> Why? Let them go. No, to go. no, it's a lot. I'll it's, go with you. As you go. guys can Let's go together. Go. No, I'll be in bed at eight. No, not in Vegas. The Wynn has the best room service. They do. You just sit in there and just eat like a pig. What I love about Vegas is you can go there, you can go to the party, you can go there to hang out, you can go there to relax. Like mm-hmm. there's like you don't have to just like when people I hear agree. Vegas, they feel like, oh, I gotta go off the rails, but you can just like go. If I never I totally went agree. to a club in my life again, I think I'd be okay. I like a great I, leisurely lunch. I thought that till COVID, you know? And then after being like locked inside for a year, ready to get I going. was ready to, you know, ready to go out. You're ready to go. We went to Vegas to go to Carbone essentially. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why that's why I want to go to Vegas. Yeah. That's the unlock, right? I because people try to go to New York and they have to wait to get a reservation. Exactly. It's so hard. But the Vegas one's big, you get in there. Exactly. Carbone is such a moment. You know they just released their own uh, They opened like, in Miami. Sauces. Yeah, they, yeah, Miami they did. Too. They My did. birthday's coming up. I want a Chihuahua and some sauce. We're going to Vegas. When's your birthday? May twenty first. What's yours? your sign? Gemini. Me too. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm June twentieth. Oh, two Watch per- out, four bitch. personalities at the time. What are you? Aries. Aries. Okay, I so him. I need to find an Aries. You need an Aries. Got no, it. an Aries is the best for a Gemini. I've heard that. Yeah. I feel like I dated an Aries and I don't think it went well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was I'm an Aries-ish to... on the cusp. Maybe. Okay. It depends which personality you were presenting. Watch it's, your... the du- oh, it's the duel. I have to tell you this. <laughs> yeah. why, why I think you're so interesting is that I think a lot of people come to LA to get into your industry Mm -hmm. and one they don't understand how much work it is right and I've seen it firsthand it is it is a lot of work which we can talk about Mm -hmm. and two I think a lot of people come into this industry and they don't make it like you have like it's it's, there's there's a big a few big players I I don't think there's a lot of big players in in your business and I could be wrong there's there's a lot but now it's it feels like you're one of them thank you so that if you could give someone advice who wants to, one, come in this industry, what would you say about how much work it is? Yeah. And also how you have really made a name for yourself? Well, yeah. So I've been at this for 16 years. I started when I was 17, um, sort of by accident. My dad actually was producing a television show and forced me to get an internship on it in the wardrobe department. And like I said, it was pre-Rachel Zoe, pre-any... And I fell in love with it the very first day and sort of just decide, okay, this is it. Like, this is what I'm out, you know, going to do. And I just, you know, I banged down doors until people would hire me. And I just, I had this sort of like hustle, hustle mentality where I just would not take no for an answer and, you know, really never gave up in those moments where you're, you think like, I'm going to give up now, you know, like this is too hard to get through. And, and, you know, I think that's the difference. I think it's like the people who don't give up. It's the biggest difference. I was telling yeah. Lauren that we had to get up the other day. Our, our flight got canceled coming here to do this. And we, you know, kind of split time and, your flight got canceled. Well, it came flight, for me. No, no. So we came earlier the week, but we had to get up at like four thirty in the morning. It was not a big deal, but we the night before it was like Easter, and, yeah. and I was just like, "You just got to, you just." We, and it's not that's a very small thing. Oh, you had to get up at four. But we had the baby and the dog and the flight. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And I was like, "But you just got to go." And I was thinking, I was telling Lauren, I'm like, you know, you don't have to be the smartest person or the most talented person. You just have to be somebody that's just like willing to grind it out and Agreed. eat shit and never give up. And like that is such an unlock because so many people just like they get a little bit uncomfortable and they just quit. And that's why they'll never achieve greatness. But I totally agree. For people that do, it's because like you could literally just keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and they just keep going and going and going. 
that was big for me. You know, there, there were so many moments where, you know, if I was an assistant and the stylist, you know, didn't want to work with me anymore or on to, you know, having my own clients and a client choosing not to want to work with you anymore and move on. Those are those moments where, A, it's so hard not to take personal when it's not. And it took me many years to realize that this is not about me. This is has nothing to do with me, actually. But to just keep going. You know, those moments where you just don't want to get out of bed. It's sad. It's hard. It's, you know, the 4 a.m. call time in, you know, Palm Springs or whatever. Like, yeah, there's just no... To me, there was no option other than to succeed, I guess. And also, I love what I do. Like, I love it so much. I think that's a big misconception is like people see it and they think it looks cool. And then they really don't know what goes into it. And you really have to love this, especially as an intern, you know, to be willing to work those long hours, haul clothes upstairs, you know, do fittings in three different parts of town in one day. Like, you really, really have to love this to want to do that. And not everyone does. And that's totally fine. I think that's part of what separates the people who last and the people who don't. Like, you really, I love what I do. You have a purpose. It's a totally. lot of schlepping. So much schlepping. Like, the, the, talk about that. I, I mean, I, <laughs> whenever I've been styled, I am like, oh my God, they have to get the rack, the clothes, the yeah. accessories, the shoes, the yeah. sunglasses. And and you can't just bring a few options, right? You have to bring like all these different options. It's also a lot of organization. Yep. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. So I definitely am like my clients would say I over prep for sure. I never come under prepared. I guess the stylists that I sort of learned under were more like that. And so I just always felt like obviously the more options, the better. You never know what kind of mood someone's in or, you know, they might throw a curveball and you need to make sure that you have it. So I, I always sort of overdo it. Like, for instance, I had a job yesterday. She needed one look, I think with four racks of clothes, you know, for one look. But it's like, I don't know, does she want a blue suit, a black suit, a pink dress, a whatever. So then it's obviously making sure you have enough shoes and jewelry and bags to go with all of that, you know. And then a lot of the time, like I said, it's like multiple clients in a day or multiple clients at the same event and juggling that, making sure that everyone is good and, you know, can get out the door. How do you deal with, <laughs> you're so intimate with someone's body. Mm-hmm. When I, when after I gave birth, I gained 55 pounds and I was being styled and I was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. in my skin. Yeah. I feel like you as a stylist are taking on that energy of someone who doesn't feel confident. How do you deal with that? I have been talking about this company for years. In fact, it's like archived on the blog and that is Rothy's. And the reason why I personally am so obsessed with this company is because I love white shoes, but it's really hard to find the right pair. And these are the right pair. And how do I know this? Because I have probably six pairs. I'm not even joking you guys. They are the best. And what's fun and luckily for Michael, is they just launched men's shoes. So Michael and I are sort of twinning now in our white shoes. The reason that we're fans of this brand though, is they're durable and washable and better for the planet. So fun fact, they have styles that are made with materials like plastic water bottles and they're fully machine washable. My problem was Michael would always like accidentally step on my shoe, my brand new white shoe, which was so annoying. And I would just be screwed. But with Rothy's, you can just throw them in the washing machine and they're good to go. They also have other colors, shapes, styles, whatever. 
I personally am a big fan of their slip-ons because I am not the best at time management. It's called the sneaker and it's in bright white and it's true to size. So I got a seven and a half. I'm good to go. I have them all over their house. So to help you welcome summer in style, Rothy's is doing something special. Yes, please. That's right. They're giving us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with the Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners. But this is only for a limited time. Through August 1st, 2021, you get $20 off your first purchase of $100 or more at rothys.com slash skinny. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash skinny. Trust us, you do not want to miss this. You're going to head to rothys.com slash skinny to find your new favorites today. It's both, right? So some people are overly confident and, you know, it's easy for them. And then other women are uncomfortable with where they are postpartum. It's, I think it's just, I've learned to like hold the space for whatever you're going through. So if you're really uncomfortable, it's like something's not fitting. Like I'm not going to sit there and try and like make it just like, okay, let's move on. Let's try something else. Like just keeping it moving so that I think so much of what I do, like you said, is reading energy. So if it's like, I could tell you really want this to work. Like you really love it, but the zipper is a little too like, okay, let's get the tailor and let's make it fit. And like, this is worth spending the time. But I know my girls, especially so well now, like, you know, Haley put something on and I can literally tell within seconds if she's into it or not. And I can also tell us like, is this worth me pushing her or should I just like just take it off and let's do something else? So, so much of it is definitely learning someone, learning their energy and knowing where to push, where to you know, like, okay, yeah, like I said, let's just move on from this. That's smart. No, it's like you're finessing the energy. It's important. Yeah. You're, yeah. I, it's, you're constantly, it's almost like you're a therapist, a stylist. 100%. It's a lot. Big time therapist. It's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So someone like Haley, who mm-hmm. obviously has such a unique style and she obviously has taste. Do you guys collaborate together? Is it something you just bring racks of clothes over and say, here, wear this? How does it work? We would love to know more of the behind the scenes with celebrities and how you style. So Haley and I have been working together now like over five years. I thought it was six. She says it's five. We're in a fight about which one it is. I bought her a gift and I thought, it was our six-year anniversary and she's like it's actually our five anyway we have become such good friends I absolutely love this human she is one of the most like just angelic souls I've ever gotten to know so I think a lot of where we are is built on trust it's a lot of like like I said knowing the energy knowing how to read her in the beginning I think she leaned more on me she was like 18 or 19 when we met obviously still developing her style obviously still coming into her own as a woman and being in the spotlight and and dealing with things that she had never dealt with before and as time has gone on she has developed an incredible sense of her own taste and style and doesn't lean on me in the way that she probably used to where it's so much more collaborative and so much more of a group effort and so it's just like what do you think about? I love this, but I think I think I can make it cooler. And then she'll like grab a jacket. And I'm like, oh, my God, she did. You know, like she really made it cooler. Changes the shoe when she goes home because she likes what she had in her closet better than the one that I had at the office or whatever. Like she has really, really incredible taste. And like I said, doesn't need like it's never me telling, first of all, anyone what to wear. It's it's certainly like they're human beings. They're not you know, I have certain girls, though, who are like, I literally don't know how to do this. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. So everyone's different. Like 
I'm, I just want to be told where to stand. That's that's fine. I, I think my problem is I'm so focused on my business that I don't have energy in other areas. Of course. That's what I told Michael. It's just like, just tell me where to stand when it comes to clothes. I, I don't I like, but that's the whole I don't point obsess of... over clothes. Listen, I wish I did. I'm glad she doesn't because it saves us a ton. Yeah, of, I just like, don't, I don't I'm know. Like, don't even, yeah, yes, just don't worry about the clothes. Just do what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I just want to be told what to do. But that's the whole point of what I do. You know, these women are incredibly busy, are juggling an enormous amount in their life. I think a lot of people don't understand like what they, they can't even walk out the door without being styled or whatever. You know, this these are women who are running businesses, often our mothers, hus- you know, our wives are on set here, there, the other place on a plane. This the last thing they want to have to think about is what to put on, especially when there's 10 paparazzi parked outside of your house every day, which adds a whole other level of pressure and eyes and scrutiny. And, you know, so to feel confident, you know, so much of what I do is just like the fact that I get to instill confidence in women that they can go out and face the world and feel strong and feel like they're representing themselves the way that they want to is such an honor. You know, it's to me, it's like it's really not about the clothes. It's about this energy that you can put forth with clothes, you know, and and feel like really strong because it's hard. This industry is hard. And, you know, there's so many eyes and and comments on Instagram. You know, it's like I beg the people who have nasty comments on Instagram to say it to my face. You know, I beg you. They won't. You know, it's like people hide behind these screens and that's a different conversation. But well, oh, let's about- hop into it. We're loving this conversation. Let's hop into I, I it. I think we, we talk about a lot, a lot lately. And I know there's a lot of people that be like, oh, we're out of touch. Like every, a lot of people would dream to be in a position to be styled and be a celebrity. Yes. And so they but and so they don't they're but like they that. are not immune to the human yes, condition, yes. you know, so, and that's the misconception, I think. Yes, 100 percent. But they they I think people think because they think this is this glamorous lifestyle right. and like they wish like a lot of people wish they could be at that, that because those people are in those positions, they deserve to get all the hits and all the hate that, that comes with it, right? right? There's like, well, since they're there, they deserve it. And I've never really understood that mentality. Me I've never understood a mentality of people wanting to be mean just because somebody's in a position, a public position. Well, I don't get it. They're projecting their own insecurity and fears on other people. I mean, they're projecting how they feel about themselves. This isn't about you know, I don't like your Harley Davidson shirt. They don't like their. You don't like it. I love it, but you know what I'm saying. Do you like it? I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. But it's I do. you know, it's not, and that it's taken me. You know, it's taken me a very long time to understand it. I've been on the receiving end of it. I see it with my clients on a daily basis, and like I said, th- this misconception that just because they signed up for this means that they should be able to handle negativity and that kind of energy thrown at them every day, and I just can't understand it. I can't. It is the furthest thing from the truth. These are human beings, you know, and they are not immune. Like when it comes to (laughs) inclusivity, because that's the big thing now, right? Is inclusivity. Mm -hmm. You either have to be inclusive of everyone or you have to opt out of the conversation. You can't take pockets of people and be like, well, these people don't be. It's like you're either inclusive to everyone or you're not. Yeah. When someone skinny shames someone and I'm like, but if you're you're someone who's who hates fat shaming, but you're skinny shaming someone. It's all the same. It's it's so hypocritical. It's mm-hmm. just it's so crazy that people take the time to go comment something so negative on someone else's platform. I know that Haley turned her comments off. Yes, she did. Which I thought's fucking bossy. So it's like, bossy. I'm gonna shut this down, bitch. Yeah. This is my fucking house. Yeah. It's locked up and you're kicked out. Exactly. I mean And she's such a boss for it. And I have so much respect for her for doing it. She deleted her Twitter. Her comments are only on to the people that she follows. So they're, you know, her friends. And 
And yeah, you have to protect your mental. You know, I just went through something recently on Instagram. I'm not going to, I can't get into the details of it right now, but where I was, you know, bombarded with thousands of hateful comments and for something I didn't do. And it was debilitating. You know, it was like, it Hold was, on, something you didn't do? Uh, yeah, I can't. You don't have to explain yeah. it, but what do you uh, what do you mean? Give us like a little more context. Something Someone you did- accused me of doing something that wasn't true. Got and it. so then, you know, perpetuated a narrative that wasn't true. So the mob follow- mentality came. Exactly. Okay. And so the cancel culture, the mob mentality, without having the information, without thinking, is this true? That's big for me. You know, it's, you know, before I jump to conclusions, it, do I know this to be true for sure? The answer would of course, have been no to all these people. It was so painful, you know, for a few days, you know, to get to lean on my clients who deal with this on a daily basis. You know, I just started working with the D'Amelio sisters, 16 and 19. You know, they're dealing with this at such a young, important age grow, you know, like just, you know, and for them to be like, don't worry, give it three days, you know, like, don't worry, give it. Three. It's like, and but did everyone say that? I would love to know. Everyone, everyone said, said that. Don't worry, give it three days. <laughs> It'll go away. You know, but it hit me after a few days. You know, there's this also this misconception if you delete comments or you turn your comments off, you're guilty. And so I had left them for, I think, the first two days. And then it sort of hit me like, why are you being a martyr? Why are you allowing this? I don't allow comments about my clients negatively on my page. If you come to my page and say something negative about a client, I will block you. I not even just delete. You are not allowed to do that. You know, like this is this is my space for my girls and I'm not going to allow the hatred on my page. And so it hit me after two days of this. You're not like, being kind to yourself. Well, no, right. Because people think Why that, am I doing again, this? <laughs> people think with people on public forums, like we all deserve a voice. Like, no, you fucking don't. You don't right. get a voice. If you're going to be rude, <laughs> mean, discriscriatory attack, you don't get a voice. If I'm you come up. to my house and you kick your shoes up and tell me to fuck myself and whatever <laughs> else, like kill yourself, whatever uh-huh. you want to say, I would say get out. Right. So I have the same mentality about my Instagram. Agreed. If you're going to come on and, and, and speak from a troll ass account and Agreed. say something fucked up, yeah. you're going to get blocked Agreed. and deleted. And, say, and you know, my favorite, my, one of my favorite one this is a little hot tip yeah <laughs> this is my favorite one oh, they just did it. when they when they come on and they're so fucking rude and they type mm-hmm. their thing and mm-hmm. then i press restrict oh, so they but think it's they the- don't know <laughs> that i've restricted them uh-huh. so no one can comment back no one can like it mm-hmm. and i can decide who sees it mm-hmm. and so then they keep commenting rude shit and no one ever sees it mm-hmm. so guess what that's wasting their time and energy i know i know it's so sad too i mean i try and see it from the pain that they must be in to behave that way. You know, so I started this brand. But that's like me saying like, you know, when you're a kid, okay, like I used to think that way too. And I do still think, okay, that must be a pain position. But it's not my responsibility or yours or Lauren's to heal that pain. You're right. And just because, like, it's like me saying like, you know, I don't like someone, so I'm going to walk up to the middle of a restaurant and just punch him in the face because I'm in a pain position. It's like, people be like, no, you're going to fucking jail, Michael. You can't do that. Because people say like, oh, you're silencing voices. I'm like, goddamn right. Because if you're a negative, angry, mean voice that's attacking, you don't deserve to have a voice with me. Go do that somewhere else. I also want to say though if it's a constructive comment like something for instance hey lauren you say like too much on the podcast (laughs) okay well that's something maybe i could work on right if it's constructive i'm open to it but if you're just being an asshole bye-bye i agree i want to hear about your brand that you're starting (laughs) and i want to hear about how you're starting the brand do you know one of the topics 
that we discussed in my book, Michael, because I know you've read it cover to cover. Well, there's a lot of topics. And if it's how to manipulate a man into skincare, um, we've already been through that, Lauren. You love talking about your chapter. There's other chapters besides your chapter. I flipped right to my chapter, raised <laughs> over the rest. I'm just kidding. I read it cover you, to cover. You did. So you yeah. read all about humidifiers. I read all about humidifiers and I know the benefit of humidifying. And why did I have a humidifier in my book? Well, skincare experts and dermatologists have been constantly talking about the benefits of increased indoor humidity for healthy, glowing, plump skin. So enter Canopy. Canopy humidifier is by far my favorite. Here's why. I interviewed uh, the team, okay? And I found out that one, those traditional nasty ass humidifiers are a real eyesore. They're bulky and they're ugly, but most importantly, they collect mold. So that's where Canopy humidifier comes in. So this one doesn't collect mold. It's so cute. It's chic. It elevates your home and it plumps the skin. And how do I know that? Because I use mine every single day and my skin is way more plump when I turn it on. Okay. There's also not a visible mist like traditional humidifiers. And what they found is that it's unhealthy due to particles and bacteria being carried by the water into the air. So Canopy has this mist-free hydration. It's invisible, it's clean moisture, and this is the best kind for your skin and health. You should also know that it has a built-in aroma diffuser and this like scents the room. It's cute. It's compact. You're going to go to getcanopy.co and you're going to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. Plus you'll receive a free aroma kit. You're going to love this. I'm telling you. And this is to be used with Canopy's built-in aroma diffuser. Even better, use code SKINNY10. I know it's like a fairy godmother at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase your skin will thank you. As a, as a grown adult, I have dealt with having clients who have, you know, opposition fans who have something to say, whether they didn't like the way they dressed or who they're dating or whatever the case may be. And so I've been on the receiving end many times of that. And that's nothing in comparison to what my girls deal with in real life, you know, all the time, like every single day. As we said, Haley turned off her comments and, you know, in the middle of this pandemic and thinking about what are my, you know, what are some new businesses I can start and uh, new avenues. I have always wanted to do a clothing line and it just hit me like do sweats. I live in sweatpants, make them and have the message be about love and kindness. My my ex said something to me. I said, you know, I really want to do something about anti-bullying. And he told me, this little story about Mother Teresa that like Mother Teresa would never go to a rally for anti-violence, but she would go to a rally for peace. And so by not saying the word anti-bullying, by not perpetuating the negative, how can I bring positive into this situation? That is so genius. It's all about switching (laughs) your language. I agree. If I always, whenever, this is so stupid, but if I'm emailing or writing an Instagram caption, I stay away from words like, don't uh-huh. can't unfortunately what is worse than someone that starts an email with unfortunately i'm i'm like what is the solution give yeah. me a solution unfortunately like fuck yourself <laughs> but but it is important to pay attention to language so that yeah. makes so much sense yeah. about mother teresa i love yeah, that me too and so 
you know, okay, so this brand isn't about anti-bullying, but it's about spreading love and kindness, you know, and with an underlying message. And part of the proceeds are going to the Kind Campaign. So the Kind Campaign was started by two incredible women, Lauren Paul and Molly Thompson. They started it 12 years ago. And it's basically they created a curriculum to go into schools like combat the bullying that's already occurred there, they heal it. They go in and they put these girls in a room. It's it's focused on females and they and they heal what is happening, you know, and they leave there and these girls have basically like forgiven each other and are choosing to move forward. And it's it was so important for me to align my brand. Like if I think about if that had been there for me, you know, when I was a kid, how would that have changed my life? You know, how would that have literally changed the trajectory of the woman I became if I had dealt with that at that time. And so when I saw what they were doing, I just thought like we have to we have to help them. And we got on the phone and I watched their documentary and I was I literally cried the whole 55 minutes of this documentary. Like it was so moving to me. You know, we're donating a part of our proceeds to them. And I hope, you know, also by talking about it, people know more about them. And are the sweats Haley approved? Because Haley lives in sweats. (laughs) The sweats are very Haley approved. Okay. They started with actually, you know, we try on so many sweats. We see so many amazing brands all the time. And I really wanted, like, I know which one she wears all the time and sort of was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to that in, in what I make. So we made a really big oversized crew neck and an oversized hoodie and the pants. I always feel like sweats are too short. So A hundred percent. Yeah. So the pants are long and they pull at the bottom. It's also unisex. So you guys can share. You could literally share the same size. I love that. Yeah. Who is the coolest celebrity you've styled? <laughs> Do you have like a cool Haley. story? Be- Haley. Besides Haley. No. No, I can't. They're all amazing. You know, like I I love my girls. I I I love my girls so much. I've been working with Lala Anthony for years. She's the best. They all they all are just different, you know, and I just I love all of them. Sierra, I I love everyone I've ever worked with on it. Well, I haven't loved everyone, but most. Who have you not loved? <laughs> <laughs> what, is it, what does it rhyme with? Some have been very challenging. I'm know? sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm blessed You're write to your be. Book. Give us the I juice. Will. Well, you know, it, what, the only thing I will say about it is to be in a position where I will only work with kind and sweet people at this point. You know, I paid my dues. I did the years of challenging relationships. And to be in a position where I can say no to someone because you know, maybe they're not so nice or their energy doesn't match with mine. I mean, that's a big blessing. You know, that takes a long, long time. I started my career and part of the advice would be to just say yes to everything, which I did for many years. You know, yes, we do this. Yes, yes, yes. And you just build and build and build. And, you know, I think a lot of it is like right place at the right time. And that's how a lot of my like big opportunities actually happen. They just, it was like literally just right. Yeah, there's, sta- right there's stages and seasons. I, I, I tell I have a younger sister and I tell her, I'm like, right now, when she's she's so young, she's like 23 or how old is Tara? 24, 25. Yeah. But I, and I'm using her as an example. But even Lauren's sister, I say like, when you're that young and you have like all this energy, like say yes to everything. But then you get to a point where you say no to everything, totally. right? Not Tony everything, Robbins says this totally. best. He says, and this, this is exactly how I built my career too. So I, you say yes, yes, yes to everything until it stops serving you. Totally. And then you have to pivot when it stops serving you. And it yeah. sounds like what you did is you said yes to everything. And now you're able to curate what works for you 
you correct and build a really great business off of it yeah I would like to know just selfishly how you run your business. You seem like a boss who like is very organized. Mm -hmm. It seems like you said, you know, you've got assistants, you've got interns. How do you run your team? You know, I have a big team. I have an amazing agent. I'm with Kent Belden, who created the only agency. I was one of the first ones to sign with them and my agent, Mia. And then there's a we have a publicist there who helps organize when like press stuff comes up. So that takes a lot of the like pressure off with scheduling, just, you know, like they handle so much of it. Travel, fitting times, billing, so much of the stuff that I had to do on my own for so many years was taken off my plate where I can truly just focus on the creativity part, which is obviously what I'm in it for. And then I have an amazing office, so beautiful. And, you know, it's my third one. It's my, you know, we just level up every couple of years where we've outgrown a space and we move on. We've been in the current one for about a year and it's gorgeous. It actually used to be Rachel Zoe's office, which is just such a trip. It was her styling office before she moved into that Melrose one, what became her brand. But, you know, it's so funny. Like, uh, you know, I looked up to her so much when I was young. Like she was just the epitome of L.A. cool, incredible, talented stylist. She she was everything I you know wanted to emulate in my career. I didn't want to do actresses the way that she did. I'm much more drawn to musicians and the um, creativity where you can really push someone in. A, anyway, you can stretch the boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that like to you know to then be be considered her peer and friend and also in her old space is such a Iconic. testimony. Yeah, Good it's for such you. A, but it's just such a testimony. Good so for fucking anyone you. can. You know, like it, it's just incredible. You know, I, I don't take it for granted ever. I I'm, I live, I try to live from a space of gratitude every day. You know, I, I even when I'm stressed out, even when I'm overwhelmed, and honestly, even sometimes when I don't mean it, I just thank you, universe, thank you, God, you know, for everything that's coming. Because I think when you stress out and put negativity on the level of busy you're at, you're telling the universe you don't want it. <laughs> you know, and the more that I come from this space of I'm just so thankful you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, the more it flows and the easier it becomes. Yeah, you know, you're you're so right. I talk to, like, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time or people that are trying their hand at being an entrepreneur, running their own business, let's just say working Mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. And the people that are constantly complaining, like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overworked. I'm like, yeah, if you have the audacity to, like, build something for your own and set your own schedule and build life on your terms, like, it's going to come with all that. But but you have to flip it and be like, I'm so thankful that I'm in this position. Exactly. And if you can't do that, you really are not cut out to run something for yourself because it's not ever going to be easy. I told Lauren the other day she launched her business. And I said, congratulations. It's going to get way harder from here. (laughs) I said, I said, you just got done with the easy part. Now now it's going to get really fucking hard. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I had this hairstylist too, who she would be so busy. She'd have like six clients and different chairs and she just had a baby and she would, I would be in the chair and she would say like, oh, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. And it was, it, it was also the way it made me feel, you know, if I come in the room with my clients and I'm like <sighs> stressed and fucking, you know, my energy's crazy. They don't want to be around that. You know no. what I mean? It's my responsibility to come into a room and make it better, you know, like to to uplift the energy in the space and make them feel good. It, like I said, it's just clothes, you and know. Nobody wants to work for someone like that either. No, and I won't. My assistants, same thing. Like always, a smile on their face, and they work so hard, you know. Like they really go above and beyond. They work longer days than I do a lot of the time because they've got to bring the clothes to where the shoot is and pack it up at the end of the day and put it in the office and put it in the safe. And you know, they work even longer than I do a lot of the time. And even though most of the time I'm going home to like run my other businesses and whatever, but it's still, it's just a different thing. I can't have that energy around me. I like, I just won't do it, you know? And 
You talked off air a little bit about therapy. Yeah. I would like to know how therapy has helped you, how you think it's helped you become Mm. who you're meant to be. Okay. Well, how long do we have for this question? (laughs) So you had my therapist on. Habib Sadeki is my doctor, my therapist. An amazing episode. I loved listening to you guys. Yeah. So thank you for that. You know, I found him in a time. I've done therapy on and off my whole life, but never like this. And I found him in a time. I was in a relationship and we were really trying to make it work and it wasn't working. And we made the decision to consciously uncouple and which is something that he's sort of known for. And it was the most painful moment of my entire life. This person and I had a very, very deep energetic connection. I just felt like I always knew him. I just felt like he was the one for me. And I was I was fucking grasping so tight, you know, to make it work. And and he and he knew, you know, he knew like this relationship is not serving us both and we need to let this go. And he had the courage to walk away from something that was not easy to walk away from. And so I found Habib in this moment and we did, you know, we stopped doing therapy together and I went on my own journey um, with him. And what I realized in that breakup really had nothing to do with the relationship. You know, he often says, you know, Lauren is not the issue. Like Lauren is irrelevant, right? Like it's about you. Mm -hmm. And Tim was irrelevant for me. It was about what I needed to learn and grow through at that time. And I had done this program called Insight, which is amazing. It's sort of like a group therapy thing, but it's it really got me to the core of the issue, which was the bullying stuff and realizing that I needed to heal that to become the woman I wanted to become because, you know, there I had separated myself so much just because I was afraid of people. You know, I was just afraid to connect because I was afraid they were going to hurt me. And I spent a lot of time, you know, alone, like, you know, people being like very like, she's so rough. She's so like New York, you know, she's such a Gemini, whatever. Really, I was just afraid. I was just pushing you away, you know. And as I started to work, like to break those walls down, which was a like, you know, based on this breakup. And again, it really had nothing to do with my ex. It had to do with, you know, what I needed to look at. And you know, he started to take me through this journey of like getting back to myself and getting to my heart. And it changed everything. It changed my entire life. You know, what (laughs) I what I'm having trouble with with a therapist is finding the right one. Totally. What is so uh, like what are what makes him different? I guess. God, he is so different. You know, I think part of it is like it's not the issue. It's how you relate to the issue. And seeing every opportunity, everything that happens as an opportunity to learn and grow. And this isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. What is this challenge? What is this pain actually showing you to to work through? You know, it's not about the guy who attacked me on Instagram. It was about, you know, how am I going to process that? How am I going to react to it? How am I going to show up and be the woman that I want to be when I'm like really challenged by something, you know? It sounds like you almost had post-traumatic stress after being bullied so bad. And when that happens on Instagram, it brings up that post-traumatic stress. Totally. Exactly. And here I am, like, you know, starting a brand about anti-bullying and getting, like, you know, bullied. <laughs> You're starting a brand about peace. Yes. There you go. Peace. Love peace and, and love. kindness. I, you know, he, <laughs> he is just, he, I don't even know. Like, he's just one of the most incredible humans. And he holds a space for me that allows me to arrive at the answer on my own. Like he might direct a little bit and um, suggest me to look, look this, look this way, you know, but 
really, it's like those moments of clarity that come, I get there on my own. You know, I think it's not having a therapist sit across from you and tell you about yourself and tell you what you need to work on because that doesn't work for anybody, you know? I want to go see him. He's so good. Dr. Well, Hippie. you met him. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message him on He's Instagram. He's really changed my life. He's I'm, like really an amazing person. And 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 on top of that, you know, you know, really brought me to a place with God, you know, with my, with the universe, with really having so much faith that everything is happening exactly the way it is supposed to for my highest good and for the highest good of all concerned, you know, and be, being in that much pain and that ending of that relationship, the only way I could get through that was to lean on some sort of higher power, which of course recovery has always taught me, but it was a much deeper level and it was really missing from my life up until that point. And that's probably the greatest gift he ever gave me was really just knowing that I can handle anything if I'm, you know, good spiritually. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like when you takes a long time and like nobody's perfect and definitely not me, but when you get to a place where you can actually start to observe your thoughts. Yeah. Joe Dispenza. Well, the you, I want him on the podcast. Well, That's what he says. Watch your thoughts well, in the morning. Well, you observe yeah. your thoughts and you observe the way that you react to external circumstances. So like the the world and let's call it the universe really yeah. doesn't give a shit about any of us. And it's, we're totally. such a tiny, tiny microscopic blip yeah. in the time of like human civilization. And if you think about the world, like even smaller and we, you know, sometimes we put ourselves in this position where we think like we are the center of all that, but really like the world's going to do what the world's going to do. And it's yeah. up to you to decide like how you observe those events. It's, it sounds like a weird thing, but it's, no, it's I true. Like, like somebody could, I remember like I used to, I, I, I used to, Lawrence said I didn't like blues. I used to get in fights when I was younger. I don't anymore. Like I don't you were, like, you were picked on though. No, no, but, but I used to get in fights, right? Yeah. And I remember like after a while, like if I, if somebody came up to anybody else in, or the majority of people in the street and punched him in the face, it would be like the most traumatic, biggest deal. Like, oh my God, I can't believe someone would do that event that ever happened. Like, uh-huh. They would not believe it. I got to a place with me, like somebody would punch, like throw a punch or something. And it, it was almost like I, it didn't upset me. I was like, okay, like their, their perspective is they're angry. They're mad. They're doing this. They think that like, I, I never got emotional about it after a point. And I realized, oh, it switched because I started observing it in a different way. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is just energy that's coming at me. It's being channeled in an angry way. But it, like, it wasn't like this traumatic. Ang- it was it's, it's weird. So I think yeah. like, the reason I bring all this up is as human beings, your perspectives shift and change and you get to decide like how you react to all these things. Exactly. You could be angry, you could be sad, you could be upset, or you can like take a practical approach like, okay, this is happening because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'm going to choose to be either positive about it or practical about it or logical. And so I remember I'd see like a guy I got in a fight with like the day later and people were like, oh, aren't you so angry? And I'm like, no, like I get it. Like we had a little thing, like he was angry, I was angry. It was like, it was I don't know. It's just, it, and then I, I met you, and I was like, "I'm done with this." But fight I, I bring all this up because <laughs> this I think going to work for me. I think something happened. Like, good someone attacks somebody or says something, and immediately they're like, "Oh my god, this is happening to me. This yeah. is such an affront to me. Like, yeah. I need to be offended. I need to be upset." You don't have to be. You You're don't. choosing to be. Part of Habib's he there's this concept of being the neutral observer. Yes, that's what exactly what I'm touching on. He says it much more eloquently than me. Yeah, he says, "Be the neutral observer. Just sit and observe, and not." I have this tattooed on me. It's this roomy quote. It says, out beyond the ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. It's it's about like, okay, you're right. And that guy is right or wrong and wrong, you know, and, and like just get to a place of just neutrality with that. Like, you know, I just came out of a relationship and, and I think what he needed in the relationship, what I need were two different things. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. He's not wrong and I'm not wrong, but we're just... So to just get to a place of neutrality of like, you know, 
cool. Let's just all move on. You know, whatever that may yeah, look you like. You choose to be any any reaction you have. You personally are choosing. I say like you, me, 100%. Lauren. Everybody. So if we get divorced and I'm on my second husband, we should go to Doctor Habib to constant con- con- consciously, consciously uncouple. uncouple. Yeah, he told us that. You guys are not uncoupling. I'll fucking kill you. I, <laughs> I always say like I'm like people say I'm triggered. I'm offended. I'm yeah. angry. Yeah. I'm upset. It's like. Well, are you are you choosing to be those emotions? Big time. And are those emotions actually serving you in a productive way? And if they're not, you can actually choose to not be any of those things. Would you point that out to people? Some people get very angry about yeah, they that do. because they're like, "Why are you questioning my emotion, my feeling?" I'm not. I'm telling you. I'm asking you to question: Are those emotions and responses serving you? And if they are, but go with God. And totally. if not, like you're the only one that can change them. I totally agree with you. That's important. I have to ask you this question yeah. because you're so good at what you do <laughs> and it's you. a twist. But what are some easy, tangible, digestible tips that you can give our audience and me on styling quick? Well, I always start with dressing for your body type. I think it's really important that you dress for your body type. You know, just because you see, you know, Haley or whatever, like, you know, if you don't have the same shape, the same clothes are not going to look the same. And so, I dress women with all different size, you know, bodies and which is I love so much. You know, it's 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 like such an honor to get to dress different kinds of women. And and that said, you know, what looks good on Haley might not look great on Lala and what might look great on Lala might not look good on Haley. And, you know, I think if you're trying to figure out your style, I think it's so much of like what actually is most flattering for your shape, you know, and go that direction and I also love to tell people to pull reference photos. If you see an outfit that you love so much, you know, take that image. And when you go out shopping or if you're online or whatever, you can sort of try to recreate it in your own way within your own budget. I think that's a really great way to start to build your aesthetic. If something really speaks to you with, you know, someone's style. I love reference photos. Important. I love those tips. I'm going to take them. (laughs) Taylor, you're going to take them too. You are so, you have so much depth. And, and and so multifaceted and so interesting. Thank you. And for my next shoot, I'm hiring you. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm so inspired to dress cuter. Maybe I can start with your sweat. We're going to get Please. you. We're going to get Dr. Good. We're gonna yeah, Dr. yeah I'm going to get like the whole gonna team. Everybody's going to be there. Yeah. Habib and I used to go on lives together when COVID first happened and I had COVID. And so we would like try and like we would go on Instagram lives together and answer people's questions. It was so fun. On a scale of I one to 10, it. how bad was COVID? For me, I was very lucky. It was not bad for me at all. And 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 again, it's like seeing things as seeing things as an opportunity, right? Like Habib and I talked a lot about like if you can't go outside, if you can't go out, go within, you know. And I I went through a really interesting period of healing actually, just being alone. I, it was very early in the pandemic. It was like March like seventeenth, so it was like really early. I could hardly get tests. And I had symptoms. I couldn't smell and taste. That was the only thing that happened. And But it was for six weeks and I stayed inside the whole time because we didn't know. Like, we didn't know that, like, after two, you were probably fine. And I didn't want to waste tests because I just they were so hard to get. And so I just stayed inside and really, like, had an amazing experience with myself and God. And it was a good thing for me, you know, and I ended up also building some businesses out of it. I know that not everyone had that experience, you know, and my heart goes out to people who lost a lot. You know, I just chose to see it in a different way, I guess. 
You are inspiring. Thanks. <laughs> where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Tell us where we can buy your line, your okay. Instagram, all the things. Okay, so my Instagram is Style Me Maeve, and my brand is The Local Love Club. Also can be found on Instagram and our website. We're launching the last week of April. I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's beautiful and yummy and cozy. And yeah, that's me right now. <laughs> You're incredible. <laughs> Come back you. anytime. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys Thank are you. amazing. Thanks for Thank holding you. this space for people. It's great. Next time you come on, yeah. Dr. Habib's coming on with you. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be a we'll little round do... table moment. Oof. Let's do therapy on Michael and fucking corner him. That would be fun. Listen, yeah. I, I need a lot of help. Taylor Q. Sugarstorm no. from Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for you coming You guys on. are awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Before you go, I am giving away a copy of Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. It's a signed copy from me to you. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. And with that, we'll see you next week for another fire episode. <laughs>